hello out there, all you killer queens, fairy kings, and especially all you bohemian rhapsodizers. Thank you for tuning into the Seaside Pod Review, a podcast about the music of Queen. I'm Randy, and plugging in his mic over there is Kevin. And once a week, we gather to discuss a random song from the catalog of one of the most eclectic bands in rock history. How's it going, Randy? Oh, pretty good, Kevin. How you doing? I'm doing okay. We should tell our listeners who mostly will not be living in Saskatchewan, Canada, that right now, mm-hmm. this is like fucking Westeros. North of the wall, winter isn't coming, it's goddamn well here. No, I would say it's I would say it's more like Hoth. <laughs> the ice planet. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna cut open some animal and I'm gonna crawl inside of it to stay warm <laughs> for the night. What's oh. <laughs> like oh man, have you ever heard that guy do the impression of um a dying Tauntaun? What's his name? The <laughs> No, I haven't, but I can imagine. Oh my god, it's it's phenomenal. I can't think of his name now. He's he used to be an SNL and oh god, I can't remember his name. I'll, I'll find it, I'll send it to you. It's very, very funny. Um yeah, so folks, it's bloody cold up here. Winter's come, we've got what probably three, four inches of snow in the last three, four yep. hours or something. It's been crazy out there. And I At coached least. tonight, so I had to I had to wander out of the soccer center and get back to my car in a blizzard. So that was fun. So last week, we listened to track one from album one, Keep Yourself Alive. Yes, we did. Um, and we got some notes on Twitter, Andy. I know that you're not a part of the Twitterati usually, but I just wanted to sort of let you know what people are saying. Well, that's great. Well, what, you know, Kev, what are people saying? Well, first of all, I got a we got a note from Lynn Davidson on Twitter um, mm-hmm. asking if we'd ever heard the 1975 retake. Now, as I was telling you before we started this off camera, um, I kind of fell out of keeping up with you know rarities and outtakes and releases. Probably I don't know, fuck, twenty years ago or something. So I haven't heard most of these things. So yep. this was kind of neat to listen to. So I was going to play you a little bit of it just so you can see or you can hear how different like Brian's guitar tone is noticeably different. And then I'll maybe sort of throw into Roger's solo, which is again, just really, really different. So just have a quick listen to this. Yeah, let's hear it. So recognizable the same riff, but it's got more bite to it. And Roger's drums, you can hear flatter, hey? They just feel Fa- faster too, maybe? Bit faster, maybe. Sounds heavier, hey? Does it does? Yeah, yeah. It's beefier, and I'll try. I'll just find the solo here because, like I said, this is this one really struck me. Holy shit, that's different, right? Comes in yeah. earlier. It kind of sounds like uh, Slade "Run Run Away" drum solo. Mm. Yeah, there's, there's a good throwback for all the uh, old white people like us. Well, white men. <laughs> hey, if they're listening to a podcast about Queen, they probably heard of Slade. <laughs> That's a good bet. So I actually threw up a poll on Twitter. You did uh, asking people what they thought. So we both decided that we thought this was one of the champions rather than biting the dust. Um, yep. But I was a little bit surprised at the results of the Twitter poll because I thought this one would have been again just in isolation. I thought this would have been. Every Queen fan probably loves this song. Turns mm-hmm. out that's not quite the case. So the results were 
of our listeners thought this was one of the champions, and 19% just think this one should bite the dust, Randy. Does that surprise you? <laughs> I gotta be completely honest with you. Uh, that does surprise me. I would say if uh, if if that doesn't do it for you, for Queen, I'm not sure what, what will. But who am I to say? I'm just one man, Kevin. This is the thing. This, this is the beauty of the subjectivity of music. And so we did get, and I would urge our listeners, if you do sort of downvote one of these songs, that's fine. But tell us why, because it's always interesting to find out what other people are thinking about when they do that. So we did mm. get a comment from Owen Ling. I think it's Ling. I don't know how you pronounce the last name. It's an Irish name. I mean, he did leave a comment saying, I think it's an awful song, one that showcased little of May's intelligence, ingenuity, or bonhomie. In fact, it's trite and would stand as their weakest effort if it wasn't their debut. That's pretty scathing, eh? Wow. <laughs> I'd say so. Yeah. Well, clearly it's not uh, their cup of tea, but hey, there's lots of other Queen songs. So unless maybe they just don't like Queen, but <laughs> then again, I'm not sure why they'd be listening to us talking about Queen. Okay, so we got some of the other comments. So... Um... Uh, Samphony Sam says, four votes against, first Trump, now this. <laughs> Richard Byrne says, my dream, and I like this one, my dream set list from across space and time would have them open with this. And that's that's a pretty solid shout. I kind of like the idea of opening with your first song. That's pretty cool. Tom Penny and the Heartbreakers did that on their 40th anniversary tour. They opened with the first song from the first album. So, huh. And then uh, what else we got here? <laughs> uh, DM Gutierrez says, who the shit voted against this banger? And I fully concur with that. <laughs> yes. Got a nice comment here from Darren L. Well done, Kevin Randy. I enjoyed listening to F1. So thank you very much, Darren. Uh, it says, I quite like the track and is one of the better ones on Queen. I do prefer live versions. Montreal 1981 is my fave with its fab, funky intro. I was going to ask you, Randy, you probably have never heard that version, eh? I haven't, you know, but uh, generally, if I'm going to listen to stuff, I try to find the live version of it too. So, Darren, I am uh, right with you on that. So, yeah, if you have that queued up, Kev, that'd be great to hear a little chunk yeah. of it at least. Yeah, just let's, let's, let's just do a few a, a few bars of this song because it is very, sure. very different and not what you expect. Yeah. A wee bit funkier, hey? Well, it does lend itself to that. So, yeah, so it's a cool, neat little... And I love that when bands do that, when they throw something in, change it up, add something in, take something out. You know what I mean? That makes a live song part of the experience of seeing a band rather than just seeing, you know, the comment that Nickelback always got, it's just like listening to the CD. Well, fucking stay home and listen to the CD then. That's right. Well, it's like, uh, I don't know, you know, pick a Rolling Stones song and uh, listen to the album track and then listen to them, how they played it through subsequent years. And it just keeps changing and morphing and changing and morphing. And I know from my own experience that uh, if I'd had the chance to get up on stage and play it a hundred times, uh, I would never have recorded it the way I did that way in the first time. So I really think it's a good, you know, to hear a band after they've done played it a bunch in front of an audience. Yeah. That version is generally the version that, you know, they would have liked to have got on tape if they could have. Now, I'm not saying that's the case in this case, but but, but it could be. Yeah. Well, I think it, if you think about it too, because 81, live in Montreal, 81, that's when they've just, you know, the game's come out, another one bites the dust has really hit big in North America. Yeah. And then they're heading into hot space for the next album. So this kind of makes sense to sort of go with this direction with this song, or for the intro anyway, right? Yeah. 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 Good point. 
Okay, well, a few other comments here. We got um, my chameleon days. Dieter says, uh, I think it's a champion. It's very queen, a mix of pop with a slice of, in brackets, heavy rock. Yeah, good point. Because it's definitely rock. Is it heavy? Well, yeah, it's a little bit heavy, you know. Uh, probably in the day for the radio, there wasn't maybe a lot of stuff quite that heavy making the radio airplay, that is. Yeah. And then uh, Hugh Jenkins, a good Welsh name there. Um, he says he likes how it introduces the band one by one. So guitar, bass, drums, uh, guitar, drums, bass, vocals. And pretty ballsy to put a drum solo on your first single too, which we commented on, I think, right? I Did we? I, we should have because uh, that is ballsy. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Well, thank you very much for everyone who left comments. We super appreciate it. Um, and keep, keep doing that and keep having uh, keep having chats with them. You know, come chat to me and Randy anytime you like. We're always around. Well, usually, unless we're sleeping or busy. Mm-hmm. You know, we That's might be right. busy. So if we, if, we, if we don't answer back, just just wait. We'll answer back at some point. So, so if we're not responding, <laughs> we're either busy or sleeping. <laughs> the only the two things. So, uh, you know, welcome. I mean, welcome you could... aboard. Censorship. This portion of the podcast has been redacted for reasons of decency and taste. So tonight's episode, of course, is the first spin yep. of our Wheel of Queen. Uh, I'm quite interested in seeing how this is going to go. Uh, this, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Let's let's see what happens here. And I will tell you, Randy, and I will tell our yeah. listeners, if you don't listen to And The Podcast Will Rock, the wheel can be fickle. Sometimes it doesn't throw up something that you necessarily are in the mood to listen to. And sometimes if you yeah. say that you want to listen to something, it will pick something in the opposite vein just to spite you. So my question <laughs> is, before we spin this wheel, Randy, is there any sort of era or album or specific song that you're thinking you'd really quite like to listen to tonight? Uh, or a song that I would like to listen to tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I would say just because this is only the second episode that I wouldn't mind it if it was a song I'd heard before. Uh, any one of them. Now, I did record the... Uh, uh, a little intro over top of the, the, our music cue at the start. Uh, and one of the references was fairy King, which Kev wrote uh, the intro. So I went to listen to that because I'd never heard it before. So I hope it's not that one. Cause I wasn't too fussy about that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to get to it at some point, Randy, and you never know. The, I wheel, know. May, the wheel may just fuck you now for saying that. So. I know. I know. Let's do it. I'm embracing well, you know, it. I'm, I'm really, I'm looking for something from, I don't know. After listening to that funky intro to keep yourself alive, I'm, I'm kind of looking for something off the the game. I want to hear some yeah. like some strip down, some some another one that bites the dust, or maybe need your loving tonight, something like that. So let's yeah. spin it up and see what we get, buddy. Okay. Okay. Oh, what are we getting? We oh. Oh my word. I mean. You said you wanted to listen to something you knew. Well, we almost got the song that everybody in the whole world knows. We almost got Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. So instead, we've got the Prophet's song from A Night at the Opera. And uh, just right away, I don't think I know it. I'm I'm certain you do. Very, very, very well. As I mean, all sort of Queen, long-standing sort of deep Queen fans know this song, yeah. And, you know, maybe I might, too. I mean, I would say that I would have, at one point in my life, had this album. I would say. Yeah, I I suspect that you will, it, it'll ring at least some bells when you hear it. Mm-hmm. So, Randy, two songs on the pod so far, both Brian May compositions. 
Well, yeah, and I was just looking at the length of this one, Kevin, here, and it looks like it's a solid eight minutes and 21 seconds. Now, I would say by my estimation that that is a long song. <laughs> the longest song in the Queen catalogue, in fact. Oh, is it really? I'm pretty sure it is, yeah. Wow. Hmm. Um, I, well, yeah, because I think Innuendo is only about six and a half-ish, maybe? I think that would sort of come in maybe second, but yeah, no, this is a, this is a long song. And so, yeah, working title was People of the Earth, and that'll make sense once we start getting into it. Um, yeah. So I love this. This um, We're reading from Wikipedia here. May spent several days putting together and includes a vocal canon sung by Freddie Mercury. The amount of layering on this song and the sort of the complexity of it in terms of yeah. harmonies is just off the chart. I mean, this album was, Night at the Opera obviously was sort of the big kind of, fuck it, let's put out all the stops and just really go for it. I mean, they did that on Queen 2 as well, but not quite to the same extent they did on Night at the Opera. And this is the sort of the most, I would say, I would say this is the most grandiose example of Queen being Queen. Perhaps. Yeah. It says that uh, they achieved that by using tape delay, which is interesting. So yeah, maybe we can talk about that. So if you listen for that when we get into the song, maybe you'll be able to sort of pick up where that's where that's coming in and we can talk about that maybe. Sure. Well, why don't we give it a little, uh, or oh, you got more to say? Nope. Let's give it a listen. It was windy in the studio that day, Randy. Sounds like it, hey? We should use some wind protection on their mics. <laughs> some nice acoustic playing. Yeah, and right out of the gate, sometimes you you do hear Queen's influences, I think, and I just, you know, I always get Zep from that, but it's just got that really, you know what I mean? Well, totally, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're inspired by. I'm trying to think. I can't remember off the top of my head. I'll have to go back and check. Maybe someday, one day, but I'm trying to think if this is the first Brian song that starts with acoustic. I'd have to go back and check that. I'm not 100% sure, but it certainly one of the first. Hmm. I think it might be the first, but anyways, let's listen to a little bit more. You're laughing. What are you laughing at, Mr. Woods? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It, just, it's, uh, it sounds pretty epic. It's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, at eight minutes, dude, eight and a half minutes, you got to go somewhere with this. It better be bigger yeah. than that, lens, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Pretty big build, hey? <laughs> it is. It's 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 epic, man. It's epic. It really feels like <laughs> I'm waiting for a big payoff, man. <laughs> well, I like to that there's different ways of building, you know, getting that tension in the track and then releasing it. And you can do it through adding instruments 
progressively you can do that in different ways but one of the things i like about this too is, is freddie builds that as well because he starts quite low in his register and it keeps stepping up and up and up and up until he started getting into that real sort of growl in that last line i'm not sure if you heard the toms too but they were pretty uh they were pretty tom forward yeah uh so yeah so it's it's pretty cool yeah yeah let's get it so i, I said the the working title for this if you remember yeah yeah people, people of the, of earth. the earth so here we go yeah. That big push too, I like that. Yeah, it was nice. Couple uh couple of symbol grabs there from uh Roger. Yeah, he does yeah. that. He, he, Roger Taylor's really good at that, and he's it's, it's really hard to do. I mean, you would know, right? When you're playing quick and you're playing around the kit like that, to, to be able to do that accurately and to do that in the middle of a song as you're playing and keeping in time, it's pretty fucking impressive. Like it's a difficult, difficult well, skill to learn. And and he didn't miss a beat. Pun intended. Yeah. Unless it's not a pun and it's a pretty shitty one, but that's fine. It is a pun. <laughs> it was just not a very good one. <laughs> it wasn't a very good one. I know. I apologize. Oh, Up your pun man. game, Woods. Fuck. Look, if, right. I can le- if I can learn to count to four, you can learn to pun better. So <laughs> here we go. All right. That's a pretty fucking good line, hey? And death all around will be your dowry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does have, uh, it really does have that, uh, you know, like the early British kind of metal sort of, uh, what's the, you know, like spirit, I should say, like the spirit yeah. of the old British, British metal. Like, like, you know, I could, I could see Maiden writing lyrics like this. I mean, you know, it would sound obviously, you know, way different, but, or, 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 you know, I don't know. It just reminds it just reminds me of little druids running around, and they're like, you know, trying to write little weird songs about all this, <laughs> <laughs> like Zeppelin, like Zeppelin did, right? So that's an interesting point you raised, Mister Woods, because I know that a lot of people, almost in retrospect, maybe not quite at the time, definitely link Queen to that early heavy metal sort of scene. And if you think about, you know. She Heart Attack, Stone Cold Crazy especially, that's totally heavy metal, right? And a lot of Brian's sounds and the way he constructed some of those things, you know, I, I, I suspect that a lot of those early bands were massively influenced. Well, Metallica, I mean, not that I'm a huge Metallica fan, but Metallica were massively influenced by Queen. So they've got those heavy roots. And I think even in a song like this, where it's it's got a sort of a, it's a foreboding, and you can see, like you said, you can see the mist rolling over the heather and the druids flapping around in their robes and everything. It's still got that meat to it that that Brian's guitar brings yeah absolutely and I guess you know uh I'm I'm trying to think of the what what is the Zeppelin song where he's talking about uh Bilbo Baggins what's what's the song 
oh, uh, Ramble On. It's talking about yeah, Ramble like this, On. Yeah. Yeah. This just kind of gives me that, that vibes yeah. that they're talking about, you know, basically folklore, like you're, you're describing. So, uh, and it, you know, it fits in with that perfectly. And, you know, these guys are, are British. They mostly, they're li- well, well, three quarters. Yeah. I'm, so I'm sure they were, I'm sure they are well aware of that, all the catalog that we're talking about. So, yeah. Uh, and you know, heavy metal or hard rock was, had a different definition in 1975. So, uh, you know, we're working with a new set of rules. So, yeah. love that again that's one of those things that queen does so well is that, that change of direction like and it's you've got the you got that key change earlier on then you come into that bit where you think it's going to drop back into the same bone and then it goes just big right turn total change of direction yeah yeah he they, they go to that major chord and you, and you can hear freddie hitting all those notes to make it sound and feel that way and i was going to comment on brian's guitar there he's, he uses his guitar so much like uh like horn stabs you know what i mean yeah, so he's doing that. He's, he's really he's playing it like a horn line, and and it's so cool, right? Ah, the tape delay section here. Yeah, and so I would say that this is, and for anyone who's listening, I don't, I'm not too sure how, um, I haven't really checked actually whether Zoom records in stereo, I suspect probably not, but you've got to listen to this under headphones because it's that panning and the the tape delay is just, it swims around like a confused fish. It's just fantastic. Let's Let's pile into this section of the song, and this section of the song is quite long. Um, and we might have to pause it a couple of times because, again, we don't want to run afoul of trademark issues, but we might have a lot to say on a couple of these pauses. So. Yeah, he's singing over top. He's singing over top of his own tape delay as it's being played back to him, which is which is pretty cool. And I would say, and I'm only guessing, but a reasonably degree of certainty that that at that time that would have been a pretty novel, pretty novel thing to to do. Yeah, it's cool. And of course, it's you know it's the one, the only Freddie Mercury doing it. And so, just okay, technically on that, then, because I don't know really anything about that. So, because I know that Brian used to have that tape unit that he would play on stage to play, you know, counterpoint and harmony on stage. But so, is that the same thing? Would Freddie have been singing that, and that would have been coming back into his into his headphones as he's singing oh, I w- it? I would sure say so. Yep, yep, 
Yeah, that just makes was... it more more impressive because the it's a weird. Like, I mean, he's playing. You know, it's, it's harmonies and it's thirds and it's just numbers. But to get him that accurate on one pass like that, it's pretty good. Well, man. yeah. So yeah. So the one, you know, so there'd be the one pass that yeah. he'd be singing, and it'd be you know, he'd sing yeah. it. We'd hear that, and then we hear the delay. He sings, then we hear the delay, and then he's gone back over top and sang over both yeah. again, right? So. I mean, I'm not exactly sure how many passes it, but it could only be two, right? Depends on how okay. they use the delay. And anybody out there in the, you know, podcast land that knows more than I do, you can correct me. I, I'm certainly not an expert on this particular area. Now I know, now I know, we're shaking to we'll break it, we're shaking to we'll break Have they got like a, is it almost a chorus or something on that as well? That like you can hear, the, there's definitely some sort of effect on it, right? It's, it's, or is yeah, it doubled? Or? Well, well, well cor- yeah, so it's definitely doubled because like I said, he's singing and then he's singing over top of himself. And then I think there's another track on top of that as well, doing some harmonies and stuff. So by nature of that, that would give you uh, some coursing effect. So maybe that's what you're thinking. Okay. Maybe that's what you're hearing. Uh, there could be some course on that, but just from where I'm sitting, listening on my studio monitors, I, I, I can't tell. It seems a bit gratu- gratuitous now, doesn't it? <laughs> All these years later. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna save a comment in that vein mm-hmm. until the end of the song. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I would lay serious money that you will agree with me on it. Now, I think that, at the, like you said at the time, if, if it's sort of a groundbreaking thing, and it definitely, I can't remember anything else that would have sounded like this at the time. Um, of course you're going to go for it. Of course you're going to, again, this is, this was their album to pull out all the stops. So I think it's fine in that context. Listening back now, it very much sounds like an inflated 70s middle prog rock section, right? I was going to say, you know, you know, bands have always said, oh, we like to go in the studio and, and create and, uh, you know, rather than playing live, it's, you know, because live's a lot of work and, uh, you know, we want to just be a studio band and use the tools of the studio. Eh, this is what they're talking about. This yeah. is what they're talking about doing. And and like I said, uh, I'll go back. I, I still think probably in 1975, this was pretty novel. Uh, but now in 2022, November 7th, as a matter of fact, uh, it sounds gratuitous. Okay, well, let's get through a bit more gratuity and then we'll, we'll get to the song. <laughs> I mean, we're at 4.55. We've still got over three minutes yeah. to go, so. <laughs> Let her rip. So listeners can't see that Randy and I are communicating on camera because we're on Zoom and obviously you can't see us, but in my because I'm listening under headphones and Mr. Woods is not listening to headphones. And anyway, I don't link, like I said, I don't think it comes through Zoom in stereo. The panning on it, that is 
la la is in one side, la 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 is in the other side. So you're getting that playoff on each side of your headphones. And again, you don't notice it if you've got, you know, when we were all listening to this in our as kids, you got a cheap shitty stereo. The speakers are probably two feet from each other because your parents didn't know that you need to separate them out to get stereo sound. You don't hear all this, but the first time you put headphones on, I think that's part of this song as well. It just becomes this magical thing where it's it's just washing over your head. And you, as a kid, you don't understand that it's in, you know, that you don't know what panning is. So it sounds yeah. like it's moved. The sound's moving around, right? Yeah, they're playing with the stereo spectrum, which is, yeah. which is super cool. And uh, yeah, so yeah, for our listeners, I'm listening to what, Kevin's playing me and yeah, there it's, it's definitely in mono. So uh, you'll have to experience that on your own. And, and for now, just, just believe Kevin and how wonderful and amazing it really is. Okay, so a night at the opera. That's why. That's why it's called a night at the opera. And that's that. I think. You know, yeah. Again, you, oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. And if you're Brian May, you've got this guy who can do this, this vocalist who can just pull the shit out of his ass seemingly at will and put these vocals down. That I mean, really, no one else is going to be able to. No rock singer that I can think of in that time could have done something like that because the vocal layering is just beautiful. I mean, maybe Gillen, maybe. I don't know. I don't think it would have done it the same with the same richness uh, of voice, but well, yeah. I mean, uh, who sang for free? Paul Rogers. Well, <laughs> we'll get uh, we'll get we'll get into that some because there's history yeah. with Queen with Paul Rogers, right? So uh, yeah, he's, Paul Rogers is pretty good singer. <laughs> pretty great singer. gigantic toms here they're yeah, so they're, deep they're huge yeah i mean i'd like to know the size of toms that guy was using because it's like he's got floor toms for uh for rack toms yeah. and kick drums for uh floor toms <laughs> yeah i know it's huge it's huge and it's so cool and and there again he was doing some pretty sweet cymbal grabs there and you're not wrong kib those aren't uh, as easy as they sound when you're just listening back So just to, I was going to ask you this on a, on a production point, you're getting you're almost getting sort of two different types of reverb there too, right? Because you've got the the drums sound one way, they sound like recording one room, and then you've got the guitar sounds like it's sort of recorded over in the kitchen, and the the, the mics in the fucking living room yeah. or something. It sounds you know it's got that far away thing. 
yeah yeah it, it it it's it's a bit of a queen thing hey it's like uh, it's like it's a, a a plate verb on brian's guitars and then a whole different verb on the drums it, but they're all they all i mean you know and i'm like I said, i'm listening mono and yeah uh but they all sound like they're quite short you know but then but then you know there's delays on top of them too so but but you know it's you know it's undeniably queen right, <laughs> right? absolutely w- which i think is what most bands struggle with is just how, what's our sound and how do we sound like it and how do we get that sound while with queen it's like oh you know, it doesn't matter what, what hap- what's happening. It's like, oh, okay, well, that's Queen, you know. And so that's, you know, wh- whoever their engineer was, that would be an interesting thing to look into. But, or, or and or producer, you know, obviously they're considering all these things. So, Well, yeah, so the, the producer on this one, and I think for the first, oh, geez, I'm going to make myself look stupid. I think it was the first four albums was Roy Thomas Baker. And then he right. came back for, oh, geez, now, not the opera, um, News of the World or Jazz, I can't write. I have to look into that. Um, and I'm going to get, I'm probably going to get roasted over the coals by the Queen Hardcore here, but I'm not too sure who the engineer was. Let's have a look here, Randy. Well, you know, Mike Stone, of course, often... Mike Stone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say the engineer off doesn't get credit. Well, but so good. Right on, Mike Stone. In the trenches, <laughs> doing the good guy work. Such a build, eh? Again, just that massive, massive choral texture to those vocals is it's almost overwhelming. Yeah, it's great. It's really great. I love it. I love it. I, and it is it is a bit proggy now that I'm listening more to it. Uh, you well, know, very much in, so, yeah. In a general general sense. Yeah, lots of expensive chord, uh, lots of expensive chords and, and big key changes, right? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> So again, just before we play this out, again, another change, right? Another left turn, another, let's take this somewhere else again. It's almost like, you know, you're building a song from the bones of three or four different songs and sort of seeing how you can fit them together and transition them. And my thought too here initially, just right when you stopped and I heard it was going to another section, you know, these guys were not concerned about radio play. This was clearly going to be an album track. And so they're not cutting any fat, you know, they're, they're letting it all hang out. And it's like, here we go, boys. Back to some nice acoustic playing by Brian. Turns out, Brian May isn't a bad guitarist. Studies show.
Kev, you're right. I think to me, it sounds like it's, uh, it's three or possibly four song ideas, none of which were finished that they jammed together, uh, into one song. What do you think? I think, I mean, all songwriters do that, right? Or if they're looking to build something that is a bit bigger, a bit more sort of grandiose, well, I had that idea and I couldn't put that anywhere else. So I wonder if I use this here and just change the meter of it or I change the, what, you know, I've played on guitar and stuff, whatever it is, you can sort of put it into something that's, ah, okay, yeah, that works where it is now. Yeah. And I just wondered, Randy, yeah. this, is, this is a test of your the depth of your Queen knowledge. <laughs> do you recognize, do you know, based on the way that song ended, do you know what song comes next on the album? Can you tell? Let me oh. just, I'll play the last, you play few, me that, 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 I'll play that the outro? last few seconds again and just listen to it. The next song on the album is Love of My Life. One of the, I, in my opinion, one of the greatest songs in the Queen catalog, and we will get to that when we get to it. And I'm convinced that you've heard it. You just probably don't oh. remember it. But... No, oh, oh, no, 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 no. I know Love of My Life. Absolutely. Okay, good, good. <laughs> yes. But I mean, you I mean, you were almost off the podcast there. That was that was a close run thing. I'm just going to tell oh, you. Oh, was that, that right a now. test? Was I being that was tested? A test. Hmm. Oh, well, good. I'm glad I passed. Okay. So, in summary, I'm going to give you my thoughts first. And I'm going to get you to respond to them. So yeah, this hey, is. Kev, how about you give me your thoughts first, and then I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll what respond you do? to your thoughts. Will you respond to them in in kind? Yeah, yeah. Okay, very good, very okay. good. Okay. Oh, so you... go ahead. So again, this is Night of the Opera, a hugely significant album for me because it's one of those albums that I spent a lot of time with as a kid, and it was one of the albums that was in my dad's collection. I listened to it a million times because, and again, four songs like this because I'd never heard anything like this. There isn't anything in my listening like you know deep purple black sabbath t-rex you know the beatles there's nothing quite this ambitious and grand and over the top and everything else right so and again when you listen to it on under headphones when they come back out of that extended middle section you get again this panning thing and it really just sort of changes the whole tone of the song now is it over long absolutely it's a band just saying well let's screw it let's go for it and you've got freddie doing these million uh you know delayed vocals and harmonies and everything else and, and brian just having fun with it but i think that the playing on it is absolutely top notch just some of brian may's best guitar work is just brilliant on there like you said the acoustics great and then you get these great little runs in there i think the lyrics are really cool like you said they're a bit of a period you know, and some of the lyrics, you, now you think, if someone wrote that now, you'd think, oh, that's a bit a bit on the nose, right? But I mean, again, some some great lines in there. From mother's love is the, is the sun estranged, married his own, his precious gain. The earth will shake and two will break and death all around will be your dowry. So again, you go back to that sort of, what we're talking about with heavy metal, that could be a Black Sabbath lyric. Yeah. You know, that's got yeah. that sort of, it's got that weight to it, which I really, really like. Now, yeah. Before I finish my comments, I wanted to make one. No, I you know what I'm going to do. Is what I'm going to do. I'm going to let you tell me what you think. I'm going to finish with something else. No, no. I want to hear your last, your final comment. Okay. Because you're because you're wielding it over me as though it's going to be something. <laughs> so I'd like to be able to respond to the whole thing. I love this song, you know, and, I'm, and that's sort of showing my hand for the when we get to the vote. I, I've always liked this song, mm-hmm. and for yep. all its for all its pomposity and all its kind of overdoneness. Sure. But what I suspect is. Stonehenge by Spinal Tap mm-hmm. may just have been 
slightly influenced by songs like this. <laughs> I think it's got that flavor to it. That it's like that's what they were sort of poking very gentle, you know, yeah. very gentle, loving, fun loving fun. Exactly. I, I would say I would say that I agree with with everything that you said. I I I agree with it. So I guess, you know, the other thing, especially in terms of giving our little final little, you know, votes here, you know, do we judge these songs for the era in which they were created or the era that we live in now? Because if we're going to judge a song by today's standards, you know, I'm not talking anything about the playing or anything because all of that's brilliant, but, you know, it's about three and a half minutes too long. (laughs) And, you know, we could keep that middle section, but. You know, it should be twenty-five seconds, and then we're on. We're 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 on. We're yeah. on to the next thing. Uh, but of course, that's just not the way the world worked back then. And these guys did have creative control, and uh, or at least a, a record company that was willing to to let them do what they wanted, uh, and they did what they did. So, you know, bloated. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, top heavy. However you want to describe it. Uh, but all in all, uh, you know. Yeah, they're yeah, good good lyrics. You know, you know these these dudes are talented dudes, right? So, well, I think that's something we haven't actually discussed. We haven't talked about how are we rating these? Are we rating them? It's more because you know you could sort of say, well, let's rate them up or down based on a midpoint of what's the average Queen song, and then anything above it, we're the champions. Anything below it, but obviously, again, we're coming into this with you being a little less familiar with you know a lot of the Queen catalog than I am. Yeah, I know, sure. where, I know where I would place this, and I would probably place this right in the middle third. Um, it's probably yeah. in the upper third in terms of just being one of those Queen songs that really sort of defines Queen. And when you're a, one of the hardcore fans, this is one of the songs that you kind of probably would want to hear live, you know, even though you can't do that middle section, you'd have to do whatever. Yeah. Are you, are you going to hum it? Well, most likely not. Is... Yeah, it's not exactly a, not exactly a toe tapper. Yeah. You're not going to grab your your best gal and spin her around the dance floor to this one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, you're going to. But that, but that, but that also smoke. shouldn't be. That also should not be a measure of what a good song is or or what isn't. And there again, now I have no emotional attachment to this song. I didn't listen to this growing up as a kid, so I don't feel it down in the cockles of my heart or anything. So, so I, I might have a different perspective. Well, I mean, I do have a different perspective. Of course you didn't. And that's why we're doing this podcast round. needs to get two different perspectives. Oh, fuck. Is this why we're here? <laughs> I didn't know that. Shit. I okay. don't know. What am I talking about? You're supposed to agree with everything I say. Oh, fuck. Okay. To validate right. my genius when it comes to Queen. <laughs> yeah, you are you're a genius like none other, my friend. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, that again, and I think... It's funny that we got that one right off the bat because we had Keep Yourself Alive, which last week we talked about it being that sort of nice balance that Queen could reach between rock music and pop music, where this is almost neither. Like, it's its its own thing. It's this weird, proggy, quasi-operatic, you know, melodrama. It's like a weird song, right? I'm sure they would consider it an experiment in the studio, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so I'm just looking here, Randy, on the uh, the Pedia of wikis. Um, yeah. And it's called a mystical prog rock song. Uh, and the lyric refers to the book of Genesis, explicitly in examples like Return Like the White Dove, obviously referencing Noah's Ark. Yeah. And cryptically in examples such as a vision of a moonlit stair, which is comparable to Jacob's Ladder, which yeah, I yeah, think yeah. is probably a case of people just trying to find a, 
you know, find a similarity in 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 hindsight. But well, and Rolling Stone also praised it, naming its record the best track, noting May's powerful guitar perfectly complements the rich multi-tracked harmonies of lead singer Freddie Mercury. And I mean, you know, Freddie's harmonies are fantastic, obviously, uh, as always. And I'm sure there's got to be some Roger Taylor in there because Roger can sing with the best of them. Absolutely. Absolutely, my friend. Well, I think, you know, we've we've sort of beaten that one into a, a bloody pulp. I think we can we can sort of say that we've we've talked about the song now. So I think the only thing that remains. Well, so I'll ask you this, Kev. Are you going to say this is a champion? Or do you say this one bites the dust? Yeah, it's like I said, I mean, it's going to be... <laughs> It's going to be tricky for me to downvote too many Queen songs. I'm going to try to be a little bit more um, pragmatic about it, listening back to it in hindsight. And maybe there are going to be some songs that I remember as being absolute bangers. And when I listen back, they're going to be, yeah, it's a good song, but eh, it's not really up to the caliber that they were capable of. This isn't one of them. I think this is just, it, it's so interesting. It's so different. It's It stands alone from... Most of the rest of even what Queen did, let alone the rest of what rock and roll was doing at the time. So, yeah, no, for me, it's absolutely a champion. So, that only leaves one one question left, Randy, for you. Are you going to call this one a champion? Or are you going to create the first rift in this podcast duo? Or are you going to consign this one to the dust? You know, Kevin, you and I have been getting along so well in these two podcasts. Uh, But I'm afraid i got to throw a spanner. In the works. When I comparing it to the to our first song, this one's gotta bite the dust. And uh, you know, I just only I only say that because I just don't think it's it's near the song uh that Keep Yourself Alive is or many of the other songs that I know by Queen. And I'm all for prog rock and I'm all for uh, uh different and, and and strange and odd and weird and and like I said, I don't have any emotional attachment to this. So yeah. that was literally the first time I listened to it. Uh, and so I'm going to have to go with with Bites the Dust and uh, let the lambasting begin. Okay, so I'm going to tell you right now that I've, I've said this to you in person um, without blowing smoke up your behind that you are one of my favorite guitarists. And I love sitting around watching you play. And I know that you're a huge fan of Brian May. And I know there are a million fans out there of Brian May who are going to be aghast that you would say this because I think that for most people brian's guitar alone carries this song so so but, but listen i respect, but listen I respect your opinion sir okay listen here uh now i guess if i, <laughs> if, I, <laughs> if I have to quantify i'm not talking about the talent levels of any individual yeah uh i'm just talking about the sheer listenability and just and just you know does it does it grab you does it keep you does it keep you interested and i guess and i guess maybe i'm i'm judging you know, by, by today's, today's standards, uh, am I? I'm not sure. Don't bore us, get to the chorus. Certainly did not apply here. And, and maybe that's what it is. It's just, it just takes so long for anything to happen and for anything to really sort of materialize. Uh, and when it does, it's great. And Brian May, of course, is, 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 is a great, great guitar player. And I admire him, him, you know, greatly. 
However, you just shut you just shut all of one of his favorite songs, and that's the However... and when he and when he comes on the podcast, we're gonna tell him that. <laughs> yeah. Let, let me ask right. you this quickly though, before just as a as a sort of a last question on sure. that, then. Yeah. Do you think that if they cut out that whole very long middle section that was around about it's around about two and a half to three minutes, that middle section, do you yep. think that, that would have changed your opinion of the song? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. And and then I guess I suppose because then it, 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 it ends up being a bookend, right? So we've got, you know, prog rock, crazy middle section where we're playing with tape delay, prog rock, you know, and then we also got these little intros and outros on acoustic, you know? Yeah. But yeah. then I suppose if we'd have got rid of all that stuff in the middle, would there be too much of the same thing? I mean, that's a whole other story, right? Then yeah. then all of a sudden you've got a a song maybe that's just too too heavy with 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 the chorus with no sort of substantial breaks uh from from the verse but i mean you know that's but that's would be a whole that'd be a whole other fucking problem if you got rid of the three minutes in the middle which if i was producing i would have suggested but if if brian would have said uh you know randy we got to keep it i'd say brian you're paying the bills we're keeping it Thanks for listening, people. Don't forget to check out our social media and spread the gospel according to Queen. You can find us on Facebook at Seaside Pod Review and on Twitter at Queen Seaside. Don't forget to check out our pals Corey and Mark over at And the Podcast Will Rock. We owe the format and the inspiration for this podcast entirely to them. We'll be back with you next week to spin up another song from this fantastic catalog. I'm not giving you a kiss. I'm just a musical prostitute, my dear.